right here. Uh-huh. 
invite Sister Erica Chastain to come to the platform. She's going to minister in song this morning. And I'm not going to steal her testimony, but I know that this song has helped her through so many hard times and so many trials. And I just want you guys to worship with Sister Erica and let it minister to you.
is so good. How many of you know that the Lord has crawled in your trenches with you from time to time? I know He has me because He's a great big God. And there's a lot of times that I've been so low I couldn't get myself up. And it took Him. And I'm just thankful that that song really ministered to me, Pastor Cratchfield. Isn't it awesome to be in the presence of God today and feel the Spirit of the Lord that's in this place? What a mighty, mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. I, I don't know about you. It just felt good to walk in the house of God today. I was, I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago. They were really, it was out in, out in town, and they were talking about how much of a difficult time they were going through. Apparently, they were dealing with a breakup, and uh, they hadn't been to church in a while. And I just talked to them, and I said, you need to go to church. They were like, well, I worship God at home, and, and, and I can break through. I said, no, you don't understand. There are some times that you need to just walk through the doors of the sanctuary. Walk in. And, and, and something happens when you walk through those simple doors right there. You begin to feel the presence of God. And you come in and everybody's gathered around and, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a little dim. Nobody's looking around. You're not seeing anybody. You're just kind of all alone for a few moments with God as they're singing, as Sister Erica's singing or the praise team was singing. And, and, and you're able to just come in there and, and, and no focus on anyone or anything or anybody. It's just you and Jesus back there. And you lift your hands. And the presence of God just starts to flow. I, I can't explain it any other way. It just starts to flood your spirit. And you thought you were all alone, but you realize you're not. And you thought you were by yourself, but you realize that God is with you. And, 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 and there's something about the presence of God. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So good to be in the church, in the house of the Lord. Children's Church, you can be dismissed. You can be dismissed at Children's Church very quickly. Uh, so, so what happened this week is, first of all, past few weeks we've been raising funds with fireworks. And I know a lot of people are fireworks. Fireworks, you know, and, 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 or maybe I'm fireworks, fireworks. You know, and and uh, it, it, so, but the fact is the impact, the impact. And, and, and here's the number one, one of the impacts, not the number one, but one of the impacts is this past two weeks we raised gross. And most of you understand gross. That means it's not what you keep, right? And in gross revenue, the fireworks brought in over $20,000 per hour charge. If we net that back a little bit, it's more like after credit cards and fees and all that, it, it's more like about 15, a little over 15. But still, that's awesome. That's an awful So, if you can't give me the lights for just a second, and, and everybody that helped, I want you to run up here on the platform if you came out. If you brought a meal, if you came out for an hour, if you came out for five days or seven days, I want you to run up here real quickly and, and it, it can. Don't trip or anything like that. 
And, 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 and so, so he did anything, had anything to do with the fireworks fundraiser. Why is that? Why is it so important, Pastor? Because these people this week gave a fifteen thousand dollar offering to the ministries of Life United Pentecostal Church. Can we give them a hand? Thank you so much. Many of you are still back here. I still see more. Come on up here, Jamie. Come on, come on, Lex. Come on up here. Come on, really quick, Alex. Come on. I, I just these folks gave a sacrificial offering together of over fifteen thousand dollars. That's going to help our food ministry. That's going to help our children's ministry. It's going to help our youth ministry. They're going to conference in a few weeks. Let's give everybody a hand. Thank y'all so much for what you did. I appreciate it. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for all the sweat, labor that you did because I was out there some and I know if you were in that stand, you probably were sweating. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Y'all can be dismissed. Thank you. Not only now did they... Um, did they raise that money? But they, because of their labor and others' donations, some of you even donated, we had a fireworks and gospel singing, sing inspiration, I'm not sure how you phrase it, on Tuesday night. And it, it was like a dream I had 20 years ago when I came to pastor. Sister Banks posted this video of, uh, she was like way back there. And if you got here anywhere close to turn up close, you were way back because it was so full. But she did this video and, and it went down this way and it's like the sides of the roads were full of cars. And then she turned around and did the other video this way down Pipkin Road and it was just full of cars down that way. Fireworks were going off. Praise team was singing about fire. I, I have no doubt it was not the biggest outreach opportunity for us as a church to share with our community who we are and do. So thank you for coming out and supporting that. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. That was awesome. That's awesome. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans 4. Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, I may even read a few more than that. God's been dealing with me this week, and He wouldn't give me anything except this. And this was Abraham. Abraham. And I was like, okay, God. So I, I, I've been studying on it, and yesterday I was like, I'm going to read everything on Abraham. And chapter 12 went through, and 13 went through, and 14 went through, and 15, and 16, and 17, and 18, and 19, and 20, and 21. And, and I went to Romans, and then Romans there, I think it was in four, 3 and 4, 4 and 5, and then Hebrews 11, and it's just Abraham, 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 Abraham. And I'm like, okay, God, we've got to condense this down, because if I preach all this, tomorrow we're going to be here a while. 
So Romans chapter 4, and as you're going there, I just, Brother Duvall did such a phenomenal job preaching this morning. How many were here for that? Just a couple of quick scriptures I, I, I just want to bring back. It says in Romans 1 and 24, they knew God. This is the NIV. They neither glorified Him, for although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God, nor gave thanks to Him. I just, Brother Duvall, when you said that, I got to thinking, do I give God enough thanks for everything He does for me? And, and, and then there was another part uh, that he said, so when you, chapter 2, are mere human being, pass judgment on them, and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? And then, or do you show contempt for the riches of His kindness? forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. So what God does for you is, and this is just from the 930 service. One more, and then I'm going to move on to the 11 o'clock. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Duvall. Romans chapter 4, verse 4. What shall we say then? That Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, had found. Calls Abraham our father. This is the New Testament. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace but of debt. But to him that worketh not but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, Think about that for a second. Abraham was called to go out. And then he left where he was. He left where his family was. He left where he'd been raised. Now I'm not talking about a physical location today. I'm talking about leaving who you used to be. Okay? Leaving where you came from. Not knowing whither he went, by faith he sojourned in the land of promise. As in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Brother Fowler, would you lead us in prayer?
before he leaves us in prayer, I want to preach a message titled this morning, Faith's Father. Faith's Father. Give the Lord a hand of praise. After that, you can be seated in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel the presence of God's Spirit in this place. Face Father, face Father. I want you to think about Abraham for a moment. Abraham was not a giant slayer. He didn't slay Goliath. He, he was not like, he was not a king. He didn't have the title king like David did. He had no Samsonite power. In him, he had no that he could shake, and suddenly he had this amazing physical strength. He was not really known as a preacher, although God did call him a prophet in Genesis. He was kind of just a man. He was a dude. All right, I mean, straight up, a working man. Got up every morning, I believe. He had way too much cattle going on to not do something. And so he was a working man. He was running his mobile livestock company. He was low-key. He seemed, if you read about him, laid back. If you agree with me, say amen. Kind of a laid-back guy. And he was humble. We know that. He was meek. But he was a dude. He accumulated wealth. He paid tithes to Melchizedek. And he didn't want any trouble with anybody. He didn't. If you understand this about, he did not like conflict. And uh, he, he was just this guy. This, if you read about him, he was this normal guy that listened to God in an ungodly world and became the friend of God. So much so that God would consult him before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He didn't hide it from Abraham. We don't read of him raising the dead. We don't see him in active ministry, per se. He's living his life, loving his wife, and raising his children. Now, some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. When he ought to just be a great, great, great granddaddy. No amens out there. I mean, when your days of raising children should be through, he was here. Here comes Isaac, 100 years old. Here you go. Here you go. Put him on your shoulder. Pace with him in the middle of the night as he's got colic. He, Abraham wouldn't argue with you. You wouldn't draw him into an argument. 
And, uh, and you got to think about this time that Abraham, if you flip through your Bible in Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of Babel, and you know, everything was getting really bad, and God confounded uh, the, the languages. But at the end of 11, where the Tower of Babel is, you read about Abram's family, and Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran became the father, and, and, and it just goes goes on through, and, 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 and yet then uh, Abram, in verse chapter 12, it says, The Lord has said unto Abram, Go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land I will show you. And he went. I think sometimes we think God is looking for different things than what he's looking for. I think sometimes we think God is looking for something different for us to do. And we can so easily feel like we're failing God because our expectations are not what God's expectations of us are. I think we expect too much of ourselves when God is looking for some simpler things. You, you, you got to think Abraham was living in a godless society. A society so bad that God would ultimately destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Let Abraham know he was doing it. But that's how bad the area he lived in was in that time. And his family, in his own flesh and blood, did not have a history of following God or being a people of faith. I guess you could say it like this. Abraham was really a first generation if it was Pentecostal, Pentecostal. A first generation man of faith. Follower of God. But perhaps sometimes we're thinking God's expecting something of us that He hasn't called us to do. Amen. We make faith complex thinking God is only really using the dynamic. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah, God is looking for people that get up in the morning and they pray. And then after they pray, they go crank their car and they go to work. And they treat people nicely. And they don't argue and they don't fuss and they don't complain. And when they're at work, they don't get caught up in the daily gossip of work. They don't fuss, they don't fight, but they're nice. And you can go evangelize the world, but go to work and get caught up in the gossip and you just lost your witness. Oh, hallelujah. Maybe he doesn't need you to call down fire. Some, some here may have those ministries. Absolutely, if God's calling you to call down fire, call down fire. That's what you've been called to. But we haven't all been called to call down fire. And we can't feel like a failure if fire doesn't come. When we start walking around our sacrifice. And as I studied Abraham from early in Genesis, his life spanned many chapters. And then even in the New Testament, Romans 2, Romans, it refers back to him for two chapters. And in Hebrews, it refers back to him. Why? Why so much about Abraham, about this simple dude? 
Abraham, not a giant slayer. Why not Peter with his ear-slicing tenacity? You, you know what I mean? I mean no, don't you want somebody on your team that'll just whip that sword out and make a mess of things? Why not Paul with his blunt passion? Or James with his straightforwardness and plain-spokenness? Why did God not pick Elijah to be the father of faith? A, a man who could raise the dead, work miracles, and had this miracle-working ability? Or why did God not choose Moses, who literally could, could through the power of God, part the Red Sea? We don't read these qualities in Abraham. He's just a working guy. Traveling around. Raising his cattle. All the livestock that he had. Running into trouble. And can I say sometimes Faith's father was not perfect. He's got his share of mistakes. But he started something. He started something that would become nations. It wasn't for Abraham. That he, he grabbed this vision. It's not about me and what I'm going to be. It was, the, it was the disciples that laid their head on Jesus' chest and wanted to know what they were going to be. That's still really a human mentality. What, what am I going to be? What am I going to do? What, what's God calling me to be? And how is God going to, what we're really saying is, how is God going to elevate me? And, and what positions am I going to have? And when I get to heaven, what I'll, you know, where am I going to be? And, and, and we're kind of jockeying for position. That's really a worldly mentality. And, and yet here is faith's father. Somebody that was more concerned about what, not what they were going to be, but what their children and their children's children and their children's children's children, what were they going to be? That was what his promise was. That was what the core foundation was. Oh, hallelujah. Can I tell you, sometimes we've got to grab this mentality. It's not about what I'm going to be. It's about what my children are going to be. It's about jumping up and down on my sermon all morning long. I mean, literally jumping. And, uh, and just talking about how, how good his dad was. How, how he never got into stuff at work. and He just stayed away from it. And even, even though it might make him mad sometimes, it, it didn't cause him to act. Amen. God didn't need somebody. Listen to me. God didn't need somebody with a yo-yo up and down faith.
I said, God didn't need somebody with an up and down, in and out yo-yo faith. When he was calling the father of faith, he was looking for somebody with some solidness, with some immovableness, with some ability that he was going to withstand no matter what trouble came his way. Let me tell you what happened to Abraham. Abraham was called to go out, and then when he went out, he found himself in the midst of a famine, and he didn't say, oh. And I choose not to be 
Abrahamic. And follow that Abraham covenant. And I choose to go my way. And do my thing. Do it the way I want to do it. It says that he will visit. Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. But not clearing together. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children. To the third and the fourth generation. What are you going to give your children? What are you going to give your children? Exodus 20 earlier says it like this. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth. What do you think we're seeing right now in society? In the fourth generation of them that hate me, but showing steadfastness love to thousands of those that love me and keep my commandments. Let me share this one scripture with you for just a moment. And the NIV somewhat is just very plain sometimes. And, and, and it's just very upfront, and and I like how it says it. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity, for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the created things rather than the Creator. Um, Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Can I tell you this morning what, what about Abraham, brother? Well, about Abraham and, and about who he was and, and what he was. Can I tell you, character makes a bigger impact than someone's personality, yes. gifts, and yes. charisma. The character. What's their character saying? God isn't looking for your talents. He's looking for your life. Abraham now understand he didn't play a harp he wasn't a sore wielder but he was stable in who he was and what he was he, maybe he messed up from time to time don't we all he wasn't perfect no but he loved God he loved God he paid tithes of all that he had I don't give a shout on that. He did. He did. That's, that's one of the things about Abraham. You want to know why he was blessed? You want to know why he maintained the blessing and why it grew and grew and grew? If I was a pastor and said, hey, let's have a crowd. Don't worry about paying your tithes or giving your offering or anything. You just keep that. I'd be a hireling, first of all. Uh, I didn't say anything. That, where did I get off on this? I, I didn't, Abraham, 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 Abraham. And, and so Abraham paid his tithes. It, it, it says in Genesis 14, the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter. And of the kings that were with him at the valley of Shiva, which is the Kingsdale and Melchizedek, king of Salem, short for Jerusalem brought forth bread and wine and he was the priest of the most high God. Yes. 
And he blessed him. Melchizedek blessed Abram and said, Blessed be Abram, the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the most high God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he, Abraham, or Abram then, gave him tithes of all. Since I've been 24 years old, I've paid tithes on every red penny that I've ever gotten since that point that God saved me. And I have never hurt. And I've never, I've never been without. Let me say it like that. And God has blessed me. I'm not a rich man, but I'm a blessed man. Now, if you don't like rich folk, you would not have liked Abraham. You wouldn't have liked it because God made him rich. God blessed his substance. And Abraham realized where it came from. And he returned it. Now, not only that, and let's look at Abraham for a minute. And the king, right after he paid tithes, the king of Sodom said to Abraham, give me the purses and take the goods. You can have all the goods, Abraham. You know what Abraham said? I don't want it. I'm not going to get it. There was already something going down on Sodom. Abraham knew that was an ungodly place. Abraham knew that wasn't anything he wanted any part of. And he told him he didn't want any part of it. Lest you say, I'm blessed because of you. I'm not blessed because of you. I'm blessed because of him. Keep the solid, keep the money. Amen. But contrary to popular belief, giving is necessary. Because it does represent the heart. It does represent the heart. And when you hold your tithes, you're saying, I believe you to this point, God. But I don't believe you with my money. Where's my shout? So Abraham, he was consistent more than exuberant. He was today what he was yesterday. And he was unwavering. He was fiercely loyal. He was calm. He was trusting to a fault. He would give you the knife and then turn his back on you. That's the kind of mindset he had. In chapter 13 of Genesis, Abram went out with his wife and he came to this place. And it says that there was strife in verse 7. And there was strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and Lot's. And Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee. He said, it's not the whole land before thee. The other day, we were checking stuff in for the fireworks. And it's like, it was a process, man. That was a long process. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I guess nobody here was that fireworks, right? So you don't know how long it was. Bell, you, you, were you there? Bell was there. Y'all were there about right there. You know what it was like. It was just this process. And, and for hours we sat there. 
and, and we're checking this in. We're trying to see how much money the church made. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm excited, and I'm not excited, and then I'm excited, and I'm not excited. And, and, and then they tell me at some point in time, well, we had this mess up on the register somewhere, and we lost a little money. And I'm like, oh. And the lady checking us in, which was not anybody from our church, because nobody from our church could check us in. So we had to sit there and wait. And, uh, and she told us, she's like, you know God's going to bless y'all anyways, don't you? So you're not worried about it. And she was right. And at the end of it, we had tips that exceeded the amount that we lost times four. It takes a certain level of faith to really believe that God's got you. When you say it takes a certain level of faith to really believe God's got you to that degree. You know, if I asked for the banks to give me that thousand dollars in his pocket and, and, and I grabbed it and he didn't, if he's really not worried about it, God bless him over and over again. But if, he, if he's holding out on to that thousand dollars and he doesn't believe God, he goes, no, why don't he get that thousand in front of everybody around here? He's going to be silent while he's driving down the road with the rest of the He's not going to say nothing to Sister Banks. He's going to say anything. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm saying? And so Abraham was like this. There's strife, and his answer for that strife probably drove Sarah bats. What'd you do today, babe? Well, there's a disagreement between Lot and I. And we divided the land in two, and I told him to pick which half he wanted, and I'd take the other half. You did what? What did you do? You gave him the good land. You gave us. What did you give us? God's got this faith. God's got this. He says, God, I, 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 I know God's mighty and God's power and all that. You just gave him half and the good half. Abraham said, I pray thee between me and thee, between thy herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. It's not the whole land before. Separate thyself. And, and, and I, I will take the left, and then I will go to the right, and if thou depart to the right hand, I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and guess what he saw? He saw the plain of Jordan. It was well watered everywhere before the Lord. What time is it? Do I need to calm down? Okay. And, 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 and so, and Lot lifted up his eyes, he picked out this spot, and it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Right, right. Just because it looks good. Doesn't mean it is good. Yeah. And just like it, just, just because you think you ought to have this. Doesn't mean you ought to have this. And just because you think you ought to go here. Doesn't mean you ought to go here. And, and, and Lot lifted his eyes. And he picked the land. And, and Abram took took what was left. That's what I was saying. Abraham was the type. He'd give you the knife and turn around and give you his back. Yes. Yeah. And trust you to a fault. 
You could stick that knife in his body. It didn't matter because he had enough faith in God. His character represented his faith. He trusted in God so much that he knew God had his back. And he knew God was going to take care of him. And he knew God was his shield and his real reward. He understood that. You see, and so he wasn't going to argue with God. He wasn't going to argue with family. That was, a, that was his character. You could have probably pushed him and he'd have just fallen down got back up. Where most of you, if I pushed you, you you jump, bounce right back up, you know. Right? Amen. Abraham, he was like, Lot, you pick. Let's don't argue about it. Let's don't fight about this. We're brothers. Why are we going to fight about silly stuff like this? When God's going to bless both of us. If we'll live for Him and surrender to Him. Do you, do am I getting anywhere? Am I making any sense? Abraham with his impeccable character. I know he messed up with uh, Sarah. Uh, and, it, you know, it, he went to, uh, I think first it was Egypt. And then later, I believe it was Abimelech. And, and they made this agreement, you know, if we go here. Yeah, you're you're my uh, you're telling me you're my sister, not my wife. And I've always thought, why would he do that? Has anybody ever thought that seems kind of cowardly, right? We didn't live back then. He might have been pretty smart because he might have been right. He'd have been a dead man, and his wife would have been Egyptian. And, and, and so I, I'm not knocking, I'm not judging him. I'm not any of that. Sometimes you don't always make the best decisions, but you know, he was, he, I, I, I take it he was a very wise man. And, right. and so he did what he did. Right. And, and, and then, you know, the one mistake I know they made, it was more kind of one of those mistakes where, uh, like Adam and Eve, you know, Eve said, here, try this. And Adam was like, sure, babe, whatever you say. <laughs> Uh, and, and here Sarah's like, I'm going to give you Hagar, and we're going to have a child that way. Uh, I, I'm surely he knew better than that. But, I mean, that, that's, that's the way it went and it happened. Like I said, Abraham wasn't perfect. He wasn't going to argue with family. But, when Lot's family was kidnapped, See, see, Abraham wasn't argumentative. He, he wasn't going to rear up. Like Brother Duvall said in prayer yesterday, he wasn't going to argue with anybody at work. Not going to do it. You know, and, and I know this about Brother Duvall. He's telling the truth. How long have you been coming here? Seven I have never seen this man have a temper. And so I'm sure he's seen me have one. No? Oh, well, that's good. 17 years, I have never seen this man even, you know how sometimes my blood pressure will go up. And, and redness comes in my face. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody, nobody else in here? I might shut my mouth and not say nothing, but 
my head tells it all. I don't have any hair to cover up some of that when it turns red. I've never seen, so, so in Abraham, that, that's kind of the guy he was, the man he was, the dude he was. And, and, and as Christians, guess what? That's the kind of the dudes we've got to become. And, and ladies, that's kind of the ladies you've got to learn to become as well. As if, you know, not, not be stirring everything and not be into everything and not be angry all the time and not be upset all the time and not be mad all the time. And not, uh, we both, men and ladies, we've got to kind of be more like Abraham here. We've got to realize, you know what? Uh, we're not going to argue about this. And if we have a disagreement, well, you know what? Here, let's divide this in half. You pick which half you want. And then I trust God enough that even if you pick the well-watered half, God's going to bless the half that's not well-watered. In other words, Abraham was like, God's got me. God's got me. In Genesis 18, God had him so much that when God's when God and his angels visited earth in physical form, they didn't go to Abimelech's house. Right then, they didn't go to Watlot's house. They didn't go anywhere else. You want to know where they went? They went to Abraham's house. I want to live my life in such a way. Such a way. With my character. With my prayer life, with my attitude, I want to live my life in such a way that if God chose to manifest Him, uh, this was Abraham's day, and, and, and come to somebody's house, He would either come visit me when I'm here in 1301 Pipkin Road, or he would come over to 153 Cybers, one, one of the two, and he would knock on my door. It says in Genesis 18, the Lord appeared to him in the plains of Mamre. And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day and he lifted his eyes and looked and three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself to the ground and said, my Lord. If now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Whose house does God literally come to? Makes a choice. He's not sliced any ears off trying to protect God. He's not a king. He hasn't taken a rock and slain a giant. He's not known for any of that. He's this dude raising his cattle, loving his wife, raising his kids, doing what he can do, paying his tithes. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so, so he began, God comes in and Begins to talk to Abraham and says, I'm going to return to thee. Abraham's such favor. Don't you want to have this kind of favor? Yeah. Is there anybody that wants to have this Abraham in heaven in your life? I want this favor of God that is on Abraham for yourself. I don't know about you. But, but when I look at that, that's, brothers, that's what I want. I, I want God to thank you. I want God 
to just to just do that and I want to be that close to him. I want my character, my character to speak that loudly and that boldly and that bluntly. I, I, I don't want to I don't want to do things that prevent and hinder that. And, and he comes in and he makes a promise and uh, and he says, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it the tent door which was behind him. And Abraham and Sarah were old. They were old. Well stricken in age. I believe right here they were in their 90s. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself saying, Am I waxed old? Shall I have pleasure? My Lord be old also. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh? Now I, I, I'm not knocking Sarah's laughing. Uh, it, it, it's kind of funny. If you think about it. 90 years old and pregnant. I think now Al Gore wants to have these despicable shows of people people having children out of wedlock. What 16 and pregnant? Sarah's married and 90, and now she's pregnant. That's the kind of show we need. What it's like raising your children when you're 90. Sarah laughed because it, it, it just seemed impossible. And if it did happen, it was going to be funny. I mean, when she walks into town, I mean, she's more like. being for real. And the Lord says in verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? Can I tell you, if you've got this covenant, if you're in a relationship with God like Abraham was, if you love him and you have character and you're the type of person that guess what? If you're having a disagreement, you say, let's divide it and you pick and I'll take what's left. If that's your character, if that's who you are, then nothing is too hard for the Lord in your life. No matter what you think is too difficult, no matter what you think is too hard, you've got this relationship with God. Is anything, God always takes offense to it. He takes the challenge. Is anything too, can I ask somebody right now, are you here facing something and you thought when you walked in, it was too hard for God? Can I character of Abraham? Do we have the patience of Abraham? Do we have the commitment of Abraham? Do we have the giving of Abraham? Do we have the intercession with God of Abraham? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. How is your relationship with God? How is your relationship? I got way too much stuff on. I'm just going to kind of bring it to a close. Is it consistent enough that God will come to your house and consult you before he does something? Is your relationship with God 
strong enough. It starts with this for Abraham. Started way back. Joshua 24, verse 2. Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the world in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham the father of Nacor. It says, they served other gods. They served other gods. We live in a world and a society that serves other gods. Even some people who say they are, are serving other gods. Who do you serve? It's not who you say, it's who you serve. I said, it's not who you say, it's who you serve. You can say you're something all day long, it doesn't mean you're something. Who do you serve? Abraham's father, uncle, grandfather served other gods. Verse 3, and I took your father, Abraham, from the other side of the flood. And led him throughout all the land of Canaan. He multiplied his seed. And I gave him Isaac. That's why in Genesis chapter 11 it says, In the days of Terah, for 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. In chapter 12 says, And now the Lord hath said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, out unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation. Abraham didn't have to see where he was going. He didn't have to know where he was going. God just told him to get out, pack your bags, start moving. Sometimes if God tells us to get out, we want details. Our flesh, our humanity, we want details. Okay, God, you're telling me, you're telling me to come to the altar today, but I want to know about tomorrow. I want to know about next week. I want to know if I made this decision or this choice today, what's going to happen three months from now? Where am I going to be a year from now? I mean, God, you're asking me to make this life-changing decision. Am I going to have to quit my job? Am I going to have to, you know, am I going to be poor and broke? No. And, and, and you got all of these things. You, anybody ever? And, 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 and God's knocking on the door of your life. And he's not saying what it's going to be three months from now. And he's not saying what it's going to be three years from now. And he's not saying what it's going to be ten years from now. What he's saying is get out from where you are. And come to where I'm telling you to go. And I promise you, I'm going to bless you. And this world is going to be blessed because of you. I'm talking to some Abrahams and Sarahs this morning. Will you leave? Will you leave? I'm not saying leave the physical location. I'm saying some of you are like Abraham. And you got some Terahs in your family or in your workplace 
or your past. They serve other gods. They don't understand you making a commitment in serving God. They don't understand you, Abraham, and, and making this faithful choice. All this other, we, 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 don't you know we believe all this other stuff's okay, and, and, and you shouldn't be judging all these people. I'm not judging anybody. Where did you get? Where, where did you figure out that I'm judging? I'm not judging anybody. No, but you, you but because of how you live. That's why Abraham had to get out. That's why he had to move from one place to another. Because he was never going to become Abraham if he didn't leave where he was. He was Abram, but he was never going to become Abraham. He was never going to have nations. He was never going to, God was never going to visit his tent until he left. Where he, does that make any sense to somebody until he left where he was? I believe God is in this place and he's speaking to somebody and he's saying there's some things you've got to leave. There's some places you've got to leave because God is calling in here this morning for you to draw close to him. He's knocking on the door of your heart and he's not asking you to call down fire. And he's not telling you you've got to slay a giant. And, and he, he's not saying you've got to take a sword and cut somebody's ear off for your faith. He's saying, will you come serve me and love me and leave the sin that so easily besets you and begin to live for me in your life? Will you make a journey of faith with me? That's what God's saying. Abraham, Sarah, will you take this journey of faith with me? Will you step out from the things that you know are binding you and hindering you and pulling you into the same traps that they're all in? Will you leave those things and come to me is what the Lord is saying. Is there anybody right now that God is just knocking on the door of your heart and he's drawing you and you can almost hear his voice saying, but I'm going to say Abraham, but he's calling your name. Abraham! Abraham, will you leave that mess? Will you leave those other gods? Will you not serve the things that they served? And will you serve me? If you do, Abraham, you're going to be blessed. And your seed is going to be blessed. You're not just going to be, it's not just about you, but it's about your children and your children's children and their children until
understand God called Abraham a prophet. Abraham never called himself that. I was not looking for you to say, I'm going to be a preacher. He's not asking you to sell your house. Move overseas. He's not asking you to quit your job. He's asking you to serve him. He's asking you to be nice. He's asking you to love him. He's asking you to pay tithes. He gave it to you anyways. He's asking you to be a good person. He's asking you to get up in the morning and pray. And then get your keys and crank your car and go clock in and work hard. And then when you get home, do the right things and do the right things while you're That's what he's looking for. Is there's some Abrahams in here. God's reaching. God's reaching. He's been calling you, Abraham. You're holding on to that pew so strongly you need to let go. I know I'm talking spiritually, not physically. You're like, I, I, I just, I, I'll talk to you next week, God. God, I feel you. I hear you. I give you the thumbs up. But next week, God say no right now, today. I'm calling you. I'm calling you. This altar's empty. There's some already over here. You got a place right here. They are, there, there's people leaving this spot for you. It's, it's open right here. Come kneel or come stand and talk to God. There's an Abrahamic covenant that God is on the allow to, to saturate this place. He's, he's, there's a generational anointing that God is wanting to do in your life. And, and, and trust me, you don't want to leave for your children what this world has. You want to leave for your children what this God has that we serve. Oh, hallelujah. If you don't leave them a dime in your will, leave them the Holy Ghost and truth. Leave them apostolic. Leave them doctrine. Leave them hope and faith in the mighty God. That's what you want to leave them more than you want to leave anything. Oh, these altars are open. Somebody ought to already be here. There's some Abrahams. You've been, you've been putting way too much on yourself. You've been expecting way too much of yourself. God is saying, I'm just simply wanting you to hear my call. Would you come? Would you come? He's wanting to give somebody the blessing of Abraham this morning. He's wanting to give somebody the blessing of Abraham this morning. Would you come? Would you come? The Holy Ghost is in this place. The Spirit of God, she's fixing to start singing. The Holy Ghost is here. Would you come this morning? God's going to preach. Find yourself a place at an altar. Find yourself a place to just get a hold of God. Find yourself a place to just reach God and touch God. The Holy Ghost is in this place. God knocking on the door in your heart. You've been worried about you and what you're going to be and what you're going to do or what it's going to do to you. And it's time to realize God's going to do something generational inside of you. I said, God's wanting to do something generational inside of you. Hallelujah.
Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord.
ago when uh, when Andrew was baptizing Abby, I thought it's got to be nothing more special than having your hands on your children when they're making that commitment to God. Amen. So, so Brandon's up here. Kayla, let's pray right now. Thank you, Jesus. I'll call on your name. God, we worship you and exalt you. We've already repented, God, and we pray over these lives. We pray over the Lord's family right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Dad, I'll be here. Find the honest confession of faith. You repented of your sins. I now baptize you in the greatest name. You have under heaven among men, whereby we must be saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, we Jesus'
Junior camp as well is coming up. It'll be not this week, but next week. There's only a few spots available, so see Brother Mid Gordon if you want if you want your kids to go and have a break from them. Amen. We're going to pray. We just ask the Lord to bless the offering, and you can be dismissed when we pray. God of heaven, we love you. We thank you today for your word. We thank you, God, for the for the two precious children, God, that went down in your name and had their sins washed away. God, we're so thankful today, God, that we're able to come, God, and worship freely. God, we're so thankful for your blessings. We ask your blessings upon the offering. We pray, God, that your will would be done, God, in our lives. God, go with us until we come again. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.